morning. Good to see all of you here. Welcome to those that are online. Welcome home. If you're new this morning and we haven't met, my name is Kyle. I'm one of the pastors here. We started a brand new series last week called Kingdom Values. Let's say that together. Kingdom Values. And we're examining the Beatitudes. There was a lot of important things that Jesus said in Scripture. And we see some of those things concentrated in uh, the Sermon on the Mount that Jesus gave. Um, you can find it in Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to be parking there for the next few weeks. And he talks about several different things. We talked about last week, if you weren't here, um, it says that God blesses those um, who are poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And we talked about how it, what Jesus is saying is, is that God blesses those who recognize that they need a Savior, that there's no way that they can save themselves. And it's through humility that that happens. He talked about that to kick off the series. And then this week, he, he builds on that point of being poor in spirit, and he starts talking about those who mourn. That's what we're going to talk about today. Those who mourn. Let's say that together. Those who mourn. And this morning, uh, just, just doing the math here today, there are some of us in here today that you know someone who's, who's experiencing loss or is grieving or mourning, or maybe you are experiencing loss. Um, and if you aren't right now, we all know that in the course of life, um, sometimes we experience loss. And Jesus um, talks about those who mourn. But as you study it um, for just a minute, he's actually not talking about that type of grief. He's talking about those who mourn their sin, for they will be comforted. In fact, uh, if you just break down the simple meaning of what uh, he's talking about here, it says God comforts those who are in deep sorrow or repentance over their sin. Let's read that real quick. God comforts those who are in deep sorrow, repentance over their sin. So just real quick, because we're not going to talk about this today. We're going we're gonna to move off onto some other types of grief, but I wanted to just be uh, clear with the passage of Scripture today before we go any farther. What he's saying here is that God blesses those who recognize that there's repentance that needs to take place. It reminds me when I was in college, um, I had been making some bad choices. I know it, all of us at some point in our life have made bad choices. I was making bad choices, and I began to feel a lot of grief over that and a lot of um, just uneasiness. And so what ended up happening was is that uh, I got to this place where I just couldn't hardly take it anymore. So I ended up driving down to, I, I was going to school in Olathe and ended up driving down to where, my, uh, where I grew up in Cherokee. And my dad was out fixing fence. And I remember coming down and talking to him and just feeling this grief. I began to confess some things in my life that God needed to deal with me on. And, and it wasn't, it was really the Holy Spirit, but I just began to feel this remorse and this just, kind of sorrow. So I, I was sharing this story. And so what ends up happening is, is in this story, uh, I just begin to feel there was remorse and this guilt over all of that. And so what ends up taking place is I just begin to just uh, pour out my heart to the Lord. And, and, and where there was grief and sorrow, there began to be peace and healing. And I think about that today because not, not just my story, but some of you have similar stories like that. And when Jesus says, God bless those who mourn over their sin, what he's saying is, is it doesn't seem like you'd want to
bless God. He wouldn't want to bless us over our mourning. But the truth is, is that as, as we mourn, God looks at that as blessed because it brings about repentance, which leads to spiritual healing. I share that with you this morning because uh, maybe that's where somebody is at today. They're dealing with that sin. But the truth is this morning that God not only comforts us when we're dealing with mourning over our sin, but he also comforts us in all of our grief. Let's read that together. God comforts us in yeah, in all of our grief. And when we think about grief, there's all kinds of different types of grief. In fact, um, and you're, we're going to talk about it here in just a minute. We're going to hear from someone who, who's dealing with this. But uh, we can grieve over the death, death of a loved one. We can deal over grief with the, uh, just in relationship. Maybe there's a relationship that's strained or someone who um, is just dealing with something, that a marriage relationship that's not right. Um, we can deal with grief as it relates to seasons of life. In fact, some of us that are a little bit older, and I'm, I'm, I'm not as old as some, but I'm not as young as some, and I can tell you right now, sometimes I grieve seasons gone by, right? Um, and we can deal that. We can deal with seasons of life. Here's another thing we can grieve. We can grieve what could have been, right? We can grieve a picture in our heads of how something would go. Like you have it in a certain image in your mind of how something was supposed to go. Um, or a big traumatic event. I remember where I was when the Challenger went down in 1986. For those that remember, do you remember where you were when that happened? Some of you, how many of you remember where you were when 9-11 took place? And maybe some of you, not all of us I realize, but maybe some of us even remember where they were when JFK was shot. For those of us who remember that, yeah, those do. There's different things that can cause grief. One of those things that I mentioned uh, was the death of a loved one, and, and many of us can have experienced that. Some of you um, may be feeling this, God may be pulling you to this verse in, in 2 Corinthians. Here's what it says. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles. Say that with me. All our troubles. So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. And so this morning, what a comfort it is to know that Jesus is our comforter. Some of you may know Pat Hefley. Um, Pat has been a part of our church for a long time. In fact, uh, she has been a part of our church for 47 years. And uh, she uh, was married to her husband, Steve, for 52 years, and Steve passed away just a, just a few years ago. And I was visiting with Pat the other day as we think about grief and mourning and sorrow and asked her if she'd be willing to come and share, and she agreed. And so we're going to invite Pat to come and, and share with us today. So let's give her a hand as she comes this morning. people. <laughs> that chair likes to roll. <laughs> Very easily. Yeah. Well, Pat, you and, you and I had a really good, some really good conversations about this topic, and I'd talk to you about this because I know that there are some people that can identify with your story, maybe can't identify with your exact situation, but they are dealing with grief in some way. And so just to get, some th just to get it started today, how would you define uh, grief and mourning? Well, to me, grief is the... Um 
the inward feeling that you have when you've experienced a big loss, that it's that void, the feeling that things aren't like they used to be. And then the mourning is the process that you go through dealing with that loss or whatever situation that you've been facing. I liked what the life application said uh, for that verse. It said, uh, to Jesus, blessed means to experience hope and joy independent of your outward experiences. And you're not going to feel good going through that time. Um, you're not maybe going to be happy. Uh, on the outside, but it says that Jesus is there to comfort us and to be with us and bring us peace, and we can know that God is with us. It, it's a really difficult thing to explain how you can have peace and hope and still hurt so deeply on the inside. That's good. Um, Pat, share with us a little bit of, of your journey. The journey probably, I would say, happened about 30 years ago. Um, Steve and I were in our mid-40s. Life was going really well. Um, our daughter was married. We had a little baby granddaughter. Brian was still in high school. Life was going well. And Steve was having some health issues, so he went into the hospital and was going to have gallbladder surgery. And the surgeon came out and told us that um, he discovered that Steve had pancreatic cancer. He would probably have maybe six good months, maybe a year. Um, he had a very serious surgery after that. He went through chemo, radiation, and then another round of chemo. Um, he wasn't restored to complete health, but um, God gave us 26 more years. And during that time, uh, we experienced many miracles. Uh, Steve was teaching at Pitt State, and he just, his energy level was low. He thought maybe they'd let me go half time, and he didn't really expect it to happen, but it did. They allowed him to go half time, which gave him a much more enjoyable experience teaching and still had energy to do some other things. But, um, during that time, the thought would come to my mind, when will the cancer come back? Will it come back? What's it going to be like if it comes back? And I was reminded many, many times of the scripture in James that talks about in this life we're going to have troubles. It's going to come to all of us. But God is there to see us through it and give us comfort. And looking back, there are so many examples that I could share with you of how God was with us. Uh, the hospice nurse explained a lot of things that were going to happen to Steve before he passed. Those things didn't happen. Um, and one of the hospice nurses even commented about the peace that was in our house. And uh, it was just unbelievable how things could be so crazy and changing so quickly. But God's peace was there. Well, the day did come, and Steve's cancer returned. In September of 18, uh, he was just overwhelmed with fatigue. In fact, we were working in the yard, and he was helping me move around some mulch, and he said, I have to go sit down. Went to the doctor. The test showed the cancer had returned with a vengeance. 
Um, it had spread all over. The oncologist said he had reached the point that his body couldn't compensate it anymore and he just fell off the cliff. And he lived only seven more weeks. But um, during that time, like I said, there was a peace that only God could give us that we were going to be okay. That's good. You, you were talking about that. That kind of leads into the next question. Mm -hmm. How have you seen Jesus um, working in your grief and in this situation? Well, my life had changed forever. Uh, things would not be the same anymore. God had given us 52 years of marriage. 26 years of those were before the first pancreatic cancer diagnosis and 26 years afterwards. So now um, I had to adjust to my new normal. And I certainly realized that I had to really put a conscious effort into being positive. There wasn't going to be a lot of things that had happened. No more going to dinner. No more traveling. But I couldn't stay there. I couldn't stay there. I had to move on. Um, God put people in my life when I needed it. Um, I went to a 12-week grief share group. I read quite a few books. God helped me sell three vehicles without doing any advertising. He put me in the place to sell. Steve had a newer pickup. He had an older pickup. And we had our RV. And passed away in November. By March, the very first part of March, I had sold all three of those without advertising. And that was truly a miracle because... That wasn't something I really knew how to take care of. Um, there were many, many times that I really just felt like I was going to go crazy. I was so overwhelmed with what had to be done. But um, I knew I had to do it, and I knew God would be with me. And so together, with God's help, that's how I've been able to make it through these three and a half years. There's somebody in here, just because there's so many of us that's dealing with grief. It, it might be the death of a loved one, or it might be some other form. Um, what would you say to the person who's dealing with some sort of grief or loss currently? One of the things I, I read a book called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. And I had to realize real quickly that it was okay not to feel right all the time. That it was okay that I didn't feel like I used to feel. Um, I had a lot of things that I had to do, but some of the things that helped me to get over this is I like to be outside and I would take long walks. I would work in the yard. Um, I cried a lot. <laughs> and those of you who know me know tears come pretty easy. And I, if teals heal, I'm well on my way. <laughs> but... Um, Kind of on the lighter side, I had to let myself know that I didn't have to always do things like they had always been done. Steve was a numbers person, and he kept track of every tank of gas he bought, no matter which vehicle. And I had to do it in my car because he'd write the mileage, he'd write the cost of the gas, he wrote down the total cost and the date. And once in a while, he'd take that book inside and he'd figure gas mileage while he watched a movie. And that just wasn't me. <laughs> I, my life wasn't going to be any better or any worse if I didn't know those things. 
Being a numbers and a money person, he kept track of every penny. Um, when we started, when we first got married, we recorded everything we spent, even to the quarter that I spent when I worked and bought a soda. But uh, realized that okay. It isn't going to make me any better a person if I don't have everything down to the penny. I knew how much I spent. I did record it. I knew what income we had, and I knew what the balance was, and that was good enough for me. Um, but that was very different, and sometimes doing things differently wasn't easy, but I have changed. Um, one of the main things, I think, is you've got to realize you can't do this journey alone. Um, you cannot do it alone. You've got to have somebody beside you, and you've got to have God. And I, I really believe that um, it's important that you talk and you share with people what has happened, and always remember that God is with us, and uh, he will be there. He will be there. Another thing that I had to give myself kind of permission to enjoy life again, I had loved to travel, I'd loved to done, I liked doing things. Steve and I spent a lot of time together, we served at church, we just, we just did things together. And it was very hard for me to learn to enjoy doing things without him. Um, of course, I'd still rather be traveling with him than some of the ways I do, but I had to kind of give myself permission, it's okay to have a good time. It's okay to have fun, um, but the main thing is um, God's been there, and I've seen that in many ways. You'd mentioned uh, in the first service a little bit about asking why. Sometimes we tend to ask why. Um, talk to us a little bit about that. Okay. Kyle asked me the next question was, you know, what's the best advice somebody's given, it to, given to me? Oh, that was for that question. My bad. My right. bad. So you're ready for the next question? I'm ready for the next question. Okay, his next question was, what advice? Would you give to someone who's, yeah, yeah this is a good one. What, what advice would you give to someone who's watching someone else grieve? Because the truth is, sometimes we're grieving, but sometimes we love someone who's grieving. What advice would you give to them? Just a second. I think he did miss the question. But anyway, we'll go to this one. What advice um, for someone who's walking with someone is going through grief? I read a book called Don't Sing Songs to the Hurting Heart. And it dealt with many, many different um, situations that people face. And uh, lots of times um, people will come up or they won't say anything and probably because they really don't know what to say. But it's okay for you to mention that person's name. Um, one Sunday, Kyle um, mentioned Steve in a sermon. Uh, when Steve was knew that he wasn't going to live longer, he knew that the end was coming near. Kyle had a conversation with Steve, and Steve made a reference to the fact that he had had a good life. He wasn't complaining. And he had that as an example in his sermon, and it made me feel good because it reminded me that people still remembered Steve. Uh, sometimes people would come up to me and say, I thought of Steve when. Um, so it's okay. It's okay to um, 
mention the person. Be sincere. Um, give the hurting person the chance to talk. I know there have been times that I spent some time with the friends and I'd go away and I'd think, oh my goodness, I talked too much. But that's healthy. Uh, be a good listener. Um, and talking is an excellent way, so be that good listener they need. Um, realize that the hurting person um, just sometimes feels devastated. If they've lost somebody, they are going to feel alone. And it's amazing how alone you can feel in a whole group of people. I could be in this sanctuary full of people, but I'd feel very lonely because of that empty seat beside me. So be aware of their feelings. Um, avoid giving them a lot of advice. You really don't know how they feel. Yeah. Um, but be patient with them. Um, and just accept how they are accepting their grief. Um, because I don't really know how you feel when you're hurting. You don't really know how someone else feels. What are some misconceptions about grief? Well, there's no proper way to do things. Nowadays, there's a list of rules, a list of instructions to go through this process and this process, but there's not one for grief. Everyone is different. Um, every experience is different for every person and how they handle it. And even, it's been three and a half years now since Dee's been gone, and I'm still processing this. Um, and it's not going to be like everybody else has processed it. Um, another misconception I think some people have is, well, if I just don't think about this, I don't talk about it, I just try not to remember it, I'm going to be fine one of these days. And that's not the way it works usually. It's very healthy to talk about it, to experience it. Um, and it's very healing to do that with someone. Uh, another thing... A lot of people think probably that, okay, you're, I'm going to get over this at a certain time. You're never going to really get over it because I will never have my life like it was before. So we just have to accept that and keep going along with the process and doing what needs to be done to help us in that situation. So don't avoid facing what you're going through. Face it and deal with it with other people. Best advice someone ever gave you? The best advice, again, I received from reading a book. You're probably going to think I read all the time. I did read quite a few books, but um, I spent a lot of time in my where I like to read, I can look out over the backyard, my porch swing, I would read in that sometimes in the summertime until it was too dark and had to go inside. But the best advice I got was out of a book written by Phil Yancey entitled, Where is God When It Hurts? And he talked about a lot of different situations, but one of the things in every situation is you can't spend all of your time asking why. Why did this happen, God? Why did God allow Steve to have 26 years, um, and then it comes back and he lives only seven weeks. 
we can't deal with the why because if we know the answer, it's really not going to change anything. It's, we're still going to be in that situation. I liked what he said in that book. He said, we have to accept whatever, we have to accept whatever without blame, anger, or fear, that which we cannot change. So I had a choice I had to make. I had a choice that I needed to deal with what I was facing. Um, and I realized that um, facing that was just what I had to do in order to be a healthy person again. God was with me. Um, and I really, truly believe that we as believers have a great advantage of, um, over other people if we face this with God. And if you don't know God now, you can know him. You may not have that past to reflect on, but the same God is there with you all the time. So what's God teaching you through all of this? Well, the main thing I learned right now is I can't do this by myself. Um, growing up, I had wonderful supporting parents. I had wonderful supporting uh, grandparents. I had had 52 years of a very supportive husband. He could do anything, just about. Something broke, he could fix it. And now this was all gone. My kids were here. They were very supportive. I was very blessed in the fact that they were there with me almost all of those seven weeks. Um, but they didn't live in Pittsburgh. So I had to learn how to do this by myself, and I couldn't do it. I had to have other people come along beside me. I had to have God. And like I mentioned, um, I had been a Christian for all my life, really. Um, grew up in it. I knew the Bible stories. I knew God's promises. I knew God was real. But during that time, um, I realized more and more how important God was in my life. I'd always been a person who underlines. If you look at my Bible, and if I read my book, it's underlined. Now, if I read somebody else's, I don't underline. But if I read my book, it's underlined. My Bible is underlined. And I found so much strength reading the Bible verses that were underlined. And I'd underlined them when they were special meaning to me, and they were even more special during this time. So... The thing I really learned is um, that God taught me is that it's very important to depend on him and those promises and those truths that are in there are more real and personal to, more personal to me today than they've ever been before. And I hope that you can experience the same thing because we all are all, every one of us is going to be going through some very difficult situation in our lives. And without God, it's not going to be nearly as easy. God does truly comfort us and give us a hope in hard times.
Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Pat, for sharing. Let's give her a hand today. Thank you. We appreciate it. It's very brave and courageous of her to do that. And we're, our prayer has been that that would be helpful for someone today. Um, before, we, before we wrap up this morning, I just had one uh, thought today that really is, I feel like could help someone today. And it's just really from Scripture. It's, you know, normally when you do a message, there's an action step. There's something we're, we're supposed to do, right, from whatever we're talking about. But today isn't something we're supposed to do. It's just simply something we, we just need to remember. And that is that Jesus comes to us in our grief and that he's present with us. Now, that may not sound like much, but I, I want us to just think about that for just a second today. Jesus comes to us in our grief and he's present with us. And this morning, just like I mentioned earlier, there's so many of us in here. Maybe you've lost a loved one and you're dealing with that similar to what Pat's story is. Maybe you're grieving a relationship that's not how it's supposed to be. Maybe you're grieving the past or, you know, I could just keep giving examples after examples. But I have a feeling that you know what it is for you. And we just need to be reminded today that you're not alone. Truly. You are not alone. God is with you in your grief. And he loves you. And he's present. Um, I was a child a long time ago. And I remember there were different times where I would be playing ball. And... Uh, my dad did everything he could to make every game I ever played. And I remember one time playing most of the game and thinking that he didn't make it. And then I, ha I was under that impression. And then I turned around and I looked up and he was sitting in the corner. Now, we may not always realize that God is there. But he is. Amen. And this morning, may you be comforted today in your anxiety and your depression in your worry, in your grief, in your mourning, in your loss, in the ache in your heart that seems like it'll never go away, that God is present and that he loves you. And just knowing that can make a huge difference. And as our band comes this morning, I want us to just bow our heads and close our eyes for just a minute. And I just can't help but think that maybe somebody today has got this heavy burden today. I think of that scripture where Jesus says that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And I wonder if there would be someone here this morning that would take that ache or that pain or that grief or, you know, that loss or whatever it is. And just simply give it over to God. You know, all of us at some point have watched a child fall and they hurt their knee and you go over to them and you say, hey, let me see it. And sometimes the child at first doesn't want to let you see it. And I think sometimes we can do that with our grief. We just try to sit there and hold on to it on our own. And, and Jesus is saying, hey, let, 
let me, would you invite me into this? I just wonder this morning if there would be somebody that would just invite God into their hurt. And maybe this morning there are some that you've been dealing with grief for quite some time and you would say maybe you're just a little maybe stuck. I love what Pat said though, you know, grief has chapters. It never really ends. It just it kind of changes. And so you're, I'm not saying you're stuck from the standpoint that you need to get over it, but maybe stuck in a chapter that God's wanting to move you to the next chapter of it. And if that's you this morning, would you be willing to be vulnerable and just say, hey, God, you know, help me. Then maybe there's some in here today that it's not you that's dealing with something. It's someone else you know. And maybe your prayer is, Lord, just help me know how to come alongside them. So God, today, would you hear their prayers and hear our prayers? Father, thank you that you're close to us in our grief. Thank you for the promise that you're our comfort. Lord, if there's someone in here that's grieving or mourning their sin, I pray, Lord, that you'd bring them to a place of repentance so they don't have to keep hitting the replay button over and over and over on something they did or something that someone else did, but they could, they could mourn it and then they could move to where you want them to be with peace. So Father, would you just work in this space as we, as we worship you? We thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's stand together this morning.